Hey guys, it's Simi and this is Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 5th of October 2021 to talk about everything that went down tonight on NXT 2.0. Yeah, you gotta say it like that. That's how they say it. NXT 2.0. You can't just say NXT anymore. It's NXT 2.0 and to be completely honest, missable show. They built some stuff going forward. But, to be completely honest, I'm trying to think, you know, what was, like, really good about this show, not really much of anything. I thought it was just a show, and I got a fly buzzing right in front of me. I thought it was just a show that if you didn't watch it, you really didn't miss anything, other than they did make the announcement of Halloween Havoc, the main event, and possibly changing the main event before we even get to the main event. So, yeah. I don't know what to say about tonight's show other than it was just a show. Kind of boring, if I do say so myself. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PWUnlimited. With that, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe either with a tiered subscription or with Amazon Prime. Because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. All you got to do is link your Amazon account to your Twitch account, bada bing, bada boom, you've got a Prime Gaming account. Prime Gaming sometimes gives you free games. A lot of times they give you free in-game purchase things, but they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel that you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and we'd greatly, greatly appreciate it if you use that subscription on us right here, PW Unlimited. If say I don't got Amazon Prime either, well, you got to know somebody that does, whether it's your mother, your father, your auntie, your uncle, your your sister, your brother, your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, your dog walker, your barista, the guy that gave you your mojito last night at the bar, the girl that is managing your apartment complex, taking your rent check every month on the first. Say, hey, you got Amazon Prime? Yeah. Can I link it to my Twitch? Yeah. Thank you. But on the flip side... If you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out there in the live chat with a super chat or a super sticker donation. All super chats do get read live on the air. Remember, you can also subscribe to the channel as a member joining the Unlimited Army. As a member of the Unlimited Army and a channel member, you get early access to exclusive news, early access to non-news videos, early access to podcast episodes, and so much more. Most directly to really, really support us is by heading over though to patreon.com forward slash pw unlimited but with that guys we've got nxt 2.0 to talk about and like i said it was just a show nothing super special and as soon as the show opens up they're like we got an eight-man tag team match tonight but all hell is broken loose these four men these uh four teams can't get along so now it's a fatal four-way for the tag team championships and i go what mayhem Teams don't get along. This show hasn't even fucking started. The show is 30 seconds old. I'm like, th that makes no sense. Plus, you announced this like 45 minutes ago. We already know about it. It's like, they're trying to make it seem like something just 
at the moment of the start of the show happened, and it didn't. Uh, Warm Hedgehog says, Tim, did you hate NXT 2.0? I didn't say I hated it. I did not say I hated anything on this show. Don't get my words twisted. Don't, don't add words to my mouth. I never said that word hate. I never said I hated it. I just said it was, for the most part, a little boring. So, they announced that, and we get into our first match. It's Mandy Rose against Ember Moon. This match was all right. Both women worked hard and had an okay match. Moon gained the early control, putting Rose in a tree of woe. The rest of Toxic Attraction pulled her out of the ring. Moon responded with a tope suicida that took out J.C. Jane. Rose then cut off Moon as she was re-entering the ring and hit a reverse suplex for a two. Rose was in control until Moon cut her off with a punch. Moon went, for two, Moon went to the middle rope and connected with a code breaker for a near fall. She missed the eclipse and walked right into a knee strike from Mandy Rose that led to the pinfall finish of Mandy picking up the victory. On commentary, Beth Phoenix was asked about Seth Rollins invading her home last week and all she said was, Adam will handle our business. And they're like, yes, this thing going on with Edge and Seth Rollins is very interesting, but we know Beth, he will take care of it or something like that. Vic Joseph says something like that. She's like, Adam, We'll handle our business. Legado del Fantasma. Cut a promo. They had a little video of them on, I guess, a bridge it looked like. They talked about how the universe is buzzing. That, that hit row is going to SmackDown. But in turn, maybe that means somebody needs to take the title. The North American title, that is, off of Swerve. And Escobar challenged Swerve to a match for the NXT North American Championship. Next up, we got LA Knight against Odyssey Jones. Basic match here, but I thought Jones looked really good, and he is very over with this NXT crowd. They love Odyssey Jones. The crowd chanted for Jones as soon as the match started, like before the bell even rang, and Jones splashed Knight and threw him around like a little ragdoll. Knight exited the ring as Jones stalked him. Knight sort of gained control. Until he tried to body slam on Jones, but the weight of Jones was too much, and Jones squished him. Jones then hit a knee to the gut, and Andre Chase would appear up on the apron to distract Jones. This allowed Knight to plant Jones with a reverse cutter and pick up the victory with help from Andre Chase, because Andre Chase was also holding the foot down of Odyssey Jones so he couldn't kick out. In the back, Mackenzie Mitchell interviewed Cameron Grimes. He put over all the current romance going on in NXT and said now it's time for him to find that, that one lucky lady. Pete Dunn and Ridge Holland walked up. Dunn said that he's the baddest man in NXT. He then challenged Grimes to a match. Grimes ignored him and instead started talking to some women nearby. Kyle O'Reilly was in the back and walked up to Von Wagner in the locker room and asked, why he's had his back for the last two weeks. It doesn't make sense to him. Wagner referred to him in the third person, strangely, and said that O'Reilly has heart. O'Reilly said uh, last year really has not gone his way, and because of that, he really can't trust anybody. Wagner says, you know, I understand that. And he told Wagner, just, just stay out of my way. Muscle Champa came down to the ring to cut a promo. He announced it on October 26th, which is a Tuesday, We'll be getting NXT Halloween Havoc. 
He said, with this big event coming up, well, the champ needs an opponent. He mentioned one man in particular who says he's not a, a patent, a patient man. And then he wants the flag bearer. He wants to be the flag bearer of NXT. Champa said that actions they speak louder than words and called for anybody with balls to come out and challenge him for the title and even try to take it. This then brought out, well, Braun Breaker. He told Champa that he's shown nothing but respect for the champ. But he wants to be the champ. He then said that he was the biggest, he has the biggest balls in the locker room, and that he and the NXT crowd want this title shot. Ciampa said the difference between him and Breaker is that Breaker wants the NXT title, but Ciampa needs the NXT title. He told Breaker that he was he has three weeks to go from intern to PhD and accept the challenge. Um, Sinzari says this dude looked Looked it like Scott Steiner with a leather jacket. It's Scott Steiner's nephew. Of course he's going to look, going to have the family resemblance. So it's like they're doing everything to tell us that he's a Steiner without having to tell us he's a Steiner. Like his music starts off with the siren just like Scott. He talks just like Scott Steiner. They called him the... What did, what did Vic Joseph call him? He made a reference to, like, a, the dog-faced gremlin. I don't think he called him straight up the dog-faced gremlin. But they made some reference to that nickname, dog-faced gremlin. It's like they're doing everything to tell us he's a Steiner without saying, hey, his father is Rick Steiner, his uncle is, his uncle is Scott Steiner. They're doing everything to tell us besides tell us, which is very weird. And it's not like we don't know. Everyone freaking knows. So Joe Gacy's in a in a room cutting a promo. He said, oh, so hold on. Hold on. Go back to that first match really fast with Mandy Rose. Fucking. So Wade Barrett's talking about how last week Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction attacked the NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez. And they, they ended the show with Mandy holding up the title. That was very symbolic. That photo started going around online and it went so viral that it crashed social media. And that's why Facebook and Instagram were down yesterday. Then you got fucking Joe Gacy out here saying, oh, I'm the reason social media crashed. He knew one platform that won't crash though. And that's NXT 2.0. I'm like, you really trying to tell us that you guys are young and hip and, and all about the social media game? No, because this ain't the only time someone references, I crashed social media yesterday. So he says that he will use the ring as a safe space. Conflict can be resolved peacefully and that, yes, there can be two winners. Andy Hartwell was with uh, Persia Poretta, Port, I think her name is, Persia Poretta. They are talking about how many condoms Indy had to use during her honeymoon with Dexter. She also said Dexter's not here right now. All of a sudden, there was a door and smoke coming out of it. They opened it up. Boa and Mi Ying, Mi Ying, no, Mei Ying, Mei Ying was in there. And Boa said, get out, and slammed the door. Then we had Joe Gacy versus Ikamin Jiro, another short match. They're like full in on this Joe Gacy fucker, and I don't get it at all. Gacy offered a handshake early with Jiro accepting. Gacy told Jiro to 
Hit him again. Commentators have mentioned that Gacy has received national attention as a result of what WWE thinks are awoke promos. Gacy hit a clothesline in the corner and then a suplex. Ikeman cut him off with a sloppy DDT and used his jacket to make a comeback. Ikeman hit a nice hurricane run off the top rope but missed a knee strike. Gacy springboarded off the ropes and planted Ikeman with a clothesline for, for, the, for the victory. Couldn't get that word out. So yeah. So Gacy defeats Ikeman Jiro. Afterwards, Gacy lifted Ikeman to his feet and hugged him. Ikeman looked a little confused. As Gacy was walking to the back, creepy bald man started staring at him from the stands. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And all of a sudden I get a message, not, not immediately, but like towards the end of NXT. And someone goes, it was this Parker Bordeaux. And I go, no, wait, it was. And I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. So I'm going to pull this up here. I didn't realize this bald fucker was Parker Bordeaux. Pull this up here. Let's go here. Let's go here. Screen cap there. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. This is Parker Bordeaux. Former college football player. Everyone was saying he looks like Brock Lesnar. Not no more. Doesn't look like Brock Lesnar anymore. And my thought is, why change his look? I don't know if it's WWE's call. I don't know if it was something he asked if he wanted to change his look. I doubt it was him. Because he's always posting photos online of him. And, you know, he's got merch with him, his, you know, body. And I, I don't get it. Why change this man? What is he supposed to be? A creepy soccer guy? We already got one. Is he supposed to, and I don't want to say it, but is he supposed to be part of the KKK or something? Skinhead? I don't know what this tattoo on his neck says, but I don't think that tattoo is a normal tattoo of his. Let me do a Google search really fast. Parker Bordeaux. I don't think that RIP tattoo, I think that's something they put on him, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um... I'm trying to find a more recent photo. Let me see. This one might. Yeah, I don't see that RIP. Unless he just got that as a tattoo. Looks like maybe they wrote it on his neck. The RIP. Because in all these photos I'm looking, I don't see them on him. But I thought they were maybe going to go with, you know, the, the MMA fighter look for him. He's done promo stuff with that look. The MMA fighter look. And then they skinned him. Just shaved his head. What the hell? And again, I don't know if that was his call. I don't know if that was their call. I don't know who said, let's change his look. Because he had a very marketable look. Because he's young. He look, he's good looking. He's got the size. He's, it, I don't know. I thought he was very marketable the way he looked. Now, people see him and they go, oh, I can't get. He, uh, he's going to say, oh, I can't get behind a skin head. You know? You know? So I don't know. Uh, TJ says, looks like Kane. Not at all. Not at all looks like Kane. But very weird. Very, very weird. And they got a video letting us know Cora Jade is up next. And then we got transported back to 1999 WWF superstars. Because all these fuckers are getting just random 
gimmicks now. They're not like just guys. They're not just people we can relate to. No, they all got to have a gimmick. Just like back in the 90s when we had hockey players, when we had repo men, when we had trash collectors. Now, we got a damn professional poker player in Duke Hudson. And he was in a room called Duke's Poker Room. He said, we won't discriminate. Everybody is allowed to play. I don't get it at all. Why, why does everyone need a gimmick like this? Like, they're, I don't know. Everyone's got to be typecasted now. So next up, like I said, they said Cora Jade was going to compete next. And she had an opponent, Virginia something. And then she was attacked by Frankie Monet. Virginia was taken out. Frankie Monet jumped back in the ring. And Robert Stone said, there's the match. Cora Jade versus Frankie Monet. Referee was a little confused, but he said, all right, well, let's just let it happen. And so they had a match. Monet was in total control as the match started. She hit a knee in the corner. Trey Baxter suddenly popped up, Cora Jade's boyfriend, and was spouting encouragement, supporting his girlfriend at ringside. Jade missed a splash in the corner and tried to rally back, but Monet cut her off. Monet went for her finish, but Jade rolled her up and pinned her to give the surprise victory. Frankie taking too many pins in NXT. Like, she's doing the I'm on my way out thing, but if she was on her way out, wouldn't she have been drafted? Huh? And and interesting enough, they mentioned the Queen's Cup or Queen's Queen's Crown Tournament. Give me one second, guys. They mentioned the Queen's Crown Tournament saying that either of these women can be in it. So I don't know if maybe someone from NXT is going to be in it and that's their call-up or what. But, yeah, very, very out of nowhere. I thought, okay, Cora's going to get a loss. It's going to be okay. No, Frankie lost. So, I don't get that at all. Having Frankie Monet lose so many times so far in NXT. In the back, all the tag teams started coming together as MSK was being interviewed. And... Basically, um, basically, Grizzly Young Vets came up and said, oh, yeah, you're just afraid to face us team on team. You, you got to have other teams that you think you can beat. And they're like, you know what? If you're really that good, make this elimination and you guys make it to the end with us. And they're like, okay, we like that. And then the other teams came up. They all started fighting and whatever. It's now an elimination tag team match. Champa was in the back cutting a promo. And Joe Gacy would walk up. And said that he had toxic energy. Said he speaks for a voice struggling to be heard. And basically said that he wants a shot at the title. Trump said, you know what? I'll give you an opportunity. You beat me next week. We'll add you to the match. Trump said, but that ring won't be a safe place for you next week. I'll prove that. So Gonzalez looked very mad as she was entering the PC. Then we got Pete Dunn against Cameron Grimes. Grimes started off in control, but Dunn cut him off the clothesline. Manipulated Grimes' fingers, but Grimes fought back, only to be taken down. Dunn missed a knee in the corner, allowing Grimes to make a comeback. He went to the top rope with a clothesline 
for a very close near fall. The two traded offense till Holland took Dunn out and just threw him out of the ring. O'Reilly all of a sudden appeared and attacked Ridge Holland. This then led to Pete Dunn running out and trying to stop it when, well, O'Reilly was thrown over the announce table. Amongst all the confusion, Dunn was able to get back in the ring, hit the bitter end on Grimes, and pick up the victory. O'Reilly then jumped Dunn after the match, but Holland quickly took him out like he was nothing. Then, to let us know up next, Tony D'Angelo. But before Tony D'Angelo hit Rowe, got a promo in their, in their studio, I guess you can call it. Top Dollar made it clear that they're not running away from Legato del Fantasma and going to NXT. B-Fab told Electra, next time, you won't be so nice. And Swerve accepted Escobar's title, title challenge for next week. So that match has been made. Next week, it'll be Santos Escobar challenging Isaiah Swerve Scott for the NXT North American Championship. Also, Von Wagner was shown helping O'Reilly to his feet after he was laid out. Next up, we had a Tony D'Angelo against Malik Blade. And boy, is this guy over. The crowd here in full, not full sale, in the, the PC, the NXT arena as they call it, they love Tony D'Angelo, even though he's a Chicago guy with a New York accent. And I know the difference because my mom's got Italian family in both Chicago and New York. I know the difference of the accents. And well... He's got that New York accent, not a Chicago accent. So the match itself, though, not really that good. I don't think D'Angelo is anywhere near ready to be on television, but they're fast-tracking guys. They're basically telling guys, hey, sink or swim. Sink or swim. So D'Angelo came down to the ring wearing a velvet tracksuit. Took it off, and he wrestled in the pants and a tank top. Wife beater, I guess you can call it. Blade cut him off early and hit a drop kick to send him out of the ring. D'Angelo was able to make a comeback, though. D'Angelo, eh, I guess you could say made an okay-looking comeback. If you want to try and give him some credit. Blade cut him off again and hit a crossbody for a near fall. D'Angelo tripped Blade into the turnbuckle and hit a belly-to-belly -belly suplex. He then pinned Blade with a Northern Light suplex. Then slowly, slowly... Follow with a twisting fireman's buster. So yeah. This guy ain't ready. He may be able to cut a good promo. Do a good vignette. Actually, we can't even say he can cut a good promo. Because the vignettes were really good. But who knows how many takes they needed. So, I don't know. I didn't think this guy looked all that great. I think he needs way more time. I want to know. Hold on. Tony Angelo NXT. How long has he been with WWE? Signed. Bum, bum, bum. He signed with WWE. Trying to figure this out. Nope. When you Google Tony D'Angelo, you get the uh, not-so-good hockey player. Um, he signed with WWE earlier this year. Yeah, in February. So he hasn't been around long, and he's not even like a former pro wrestler or anything. He's a former NCAA wrestler, former college wrestler, 
with no pro wrestling background before signing with WWE. So, you can tell they fast-tracked his ass. Backstage, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams talked about getting a tag team title shot and not even having to cash in his, his contract, I guess you could say, his breakout title match contract. Williams clarified that they were bout it, bout it. And then, yeah. And then Carmelo says, we're what? And he goes, bout it, bout it. Cool. Andy Hartwell took on Mi Ying, not Mia Yim, but Mei Ying. Hundred or ten thousand year old lady who's really Karen Kill. She had a very long feeling out process early on, and basically it's Mei Ying's gotta work a very slow style, and the opponents kinda gotta get used to that at first. That's what it's felt like for the last couple of matches she's done. Ying was able to take control early with a neck hold, then eventually a nerve choke. Ying shoved Hartwell into the turnbuckle and outside of, and, and to the outside of the ring. Pareto, Pareta, who was out there with, with um, Indy, kind of distracted Ying long enough to leave an opening for, for Hartwell to post her in the corner. This allowed Hartwell to then pin Mi Ying, Mei Ying. I always fuck that name up. Mei Ying after a springboard elbow. So yes, Indy Hartwell does defeat Ying. Then, we've got Lash Legend. Not, not a fan of this. Didn't like the stuff last week, and this week was just kind of generic. She didn't do her shtick. She said she's got to have a great... She's like, if you loved my episode last week of Lashing Out with Lash Legend, you're going to love what I got in store next week. My show last time was so good that, you know, social media went down yesterday. <laughs> that was all me, and they're still talking about me. And I'm like... So, three people crashed social media from NXT a week after last week's NXT? Yeah, get that narrative out of here. Get that fucking narrative out of here. Uh, Chase Douglas says, does your mom's family speak Italian? Yeah, because they're from Italy. My mom was born in Italy and moved to the States when she was three. So, yeah, my mom's family, all her aunts and uncles, not her cousins. Well, I don't know. Her cousins might speak Italian. I've never heard... Any of her cousins speak Italian, but I've heard all of her aunts and uncles speak it. So, yes, my mom's family, it does speak Italian because they come literally from the little island known as Sicily. They come from the bottom of the boot. Like I said, my mom moved out, moved to the States. My mom's, you know, her parents with those. My mom's parents, my grandparents, my aunt. My oldest uncle and my mom they moved when my mom was three to the United States. And then, like, two years later, my mom's youngest brother was born. He was born here in America. But the other three kids, they were born in Italy. Like, when my mom came, it was she said it was easy for her to learn English because she was only three. And, you know, a three-year-old could barely talk anyways. But my uncle was, I think, seven and my aunt was nine. So she said it took them a little while to, to, you know, get accommodated speaking English and having to go to school in America. So, yeah, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. <clears throat> Anyways, Last Legend says she's going to spill some tea that will make the Urban Meyer story look very, very tame. And if you don't know, well, I've been showing Urban Meyer 
the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hmm. Oh, I'm just going to say, uh, I'm not going to say he's cheating on his wife, so I don't know. Uh, Johnson says, how did you end up in California? Well, I ended up in California because I was born in California. My mom's family, I don't know. I never really asked. All I know is my grandmother's sister moved to California, and so my grandmother and my grandfather followed him. When others came to America, some went to... Um, so there's six kids in total on my grandmother's side of the family. Two came to California. I think three are in Chicago, and one is in New York, I want to say. Something like that. Something like that. But I know, because there's two girls, four boys. I think one's in New York, three in Chicago, and then the two girls moved to California. So, yeah. Very, very interesting stuff. I actually, though, never asked why they moved to California. Just never was a question I had in my head, like, why California? <clears throat> Anyways, Tony D'Angelo walked up to Last Legend and said, hey, let me be part of your show next week. Last Legend seemed interested, and then this is when she said, you know, my show last week, that's why Instagram and Facebook were down, because people still talking about it. I'm a legend. I'm the last legend. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Diamond Mine Cutter promo, introducing every member of the stable. I guess for those who are new, cool. It's all the same people that we've seen for the last, like, three weeks. Co Gonzalez came down to the ring to cut a promo, and she dared Mandy Rose to try and touch her and her title. This then did bring out toxic attraction. Mandy said she used to admire, admire Gonzalez, but now just comes off as desperate, knowing her title reign is about to come to an end. She said that they are taking over NXT 2.0. Gigi Dolan said that they are championship material. If so, then why'd you lose a tag title match last week, Gigi? Huh? Huh? She said you can't stop. Uh, she said we can't be stopped. And people. She said something like, like they're in awe of us and the way we look. Something like that. Gonzalez then brought up Dolan's stitches, which Dolan did not like. JC Jane then said, We can have jealousy along to being desperate to Raquel Gonzalez. Jane says that they are all over Raw and SmackDown, and we are the face of NXT. I didn't get that line. Who's all over Raw and SmackDown? She said they are all over Raw and SmackDown. I, I didn't get that line. Soon, she said soon, they'll all be holding gold in NXT. Just a matter of time before toxic attraction is the top of the mountain. She said we are not just toxic attraction. We are the attraction. Trio then, uh, trio then circled around the ring as Rose asked if they should have some fun. They circled the ring until, well, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, the women's tag team champions, came out to make the save, daring Toxic Attraction to take on them, the three babyfaces. The heels backed down, and the babyfaces stood tall in the ring. Mm, I guess we're going to get a six-man tag. Cool. Whatever. So in the back... We go to, and my notes just froze. Here we go. We go to Kyle O'Reilly icing his shoulder when Von Wagner would walk up and said, hey, 
whether you like me or not, whether you want to do this or not, I'm going to help you out. Next week, we're taking on the team of Pete Dunn and Ridge Holland, you and I. Gonzalez Stark and Schreiber backstage talking about how they don't like toxic attraction. And it was like Starks and Yale still kind of don't get along. And Raquel left. Indy Hartwell and Perota came on. And then she was like, you know, we took these, or I think Zoe said, we took these titles from you, pointing at Indy. And Perota goes, well, yeah, but not me. Basically saying she thinks she's better than Candice LeRae. Bitch, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Also, it looks like, well, they've just fully moved on from Candice and Johnny. Indy's now got her own, you know, person to watch her back. I don't get this at all. They basically just said, screw Candace and Johnny. Moving on from them. Indy's got her own follower hanger on her. And we'll see where this leads to. But they basically made it seem like, oh yeah, Indy and Candace lost the titles. But if it was me and Indy, we'd, we'd still be champions. Then we had the main event. It was a four-way elimination tag team match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And, well, it was the best match on the mat- on the show because there wasn't really any good matches other than this match. This was the only... Well, the Odyssey Jones and LA Knight match wasn't bad. Pretty good. It was a basic match, but it was pretty good. But it was nothing close to this match at all. And this match did not go... Like, I... The finish was what I thought, MSK retaining the belts, but the eliminations in order, not how I expected it at all. Everyone tagged in early and did their stuff and whatnot and got a little bit of shine. Most looked good. Briggs and Jensen ended up gaining control off of it, and this allowed Wesley to hit a running tope con heel to the floor, taking out Hayes, Will- Hayes and Williams. MSK then pinned Williams with an assisted neckbreaker off the top rope to score the first elimination victory. Now, I'm going to say it right now. I thought out first was going to be Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. No, they were in the finals. Shocked. Because, yes, next out, Grizzled Young Vets. Come back from a break. Zach Gibson of Grizzled Young Vets was in control of Wes Lee. But not to be, not to be. Jensen was able to tag in and quickly pinned Gibson with an assist from Josh Briggs. This left two teams, Jensen and Briggs, MSK. Frickin' Wade had to keep telling us, biggest moment in their careers. Biggest moment in their careers. This is the biggest match of their career so far. Briggs hit Lee with a big boot, with Jensen planting him with a side rush and leg sweep at the same time. The two controlled Lee, hitting a double choke slam. Carter hit a big crossbody to, to the floor that took out Jensen. In the confusion, Lee was able to get a victory roll on Briggs for the pinfall victory and retain the tag team titles. The match ends and Jensen and Briggs grab the belts. And they're looking around like, what do we do? What do we do with the belts? And MSK is getting to their feet and they're just like, <sighs> I'm like, what are these guys about to turn heel and attack the champs with the belts? And then they just hand them the titles. Give MSK the, MSK the belts and leave. Establishing themselves as the baby faces as we knew they were. As they leave, in jumps from behind, Imperium, Marcel Barthel, and Fabian Eichner. Uh, Johnson said, actually, Vic Joseph said it. No, I believe they both said it with Wade saying it more. So, 
like I said, um, MSK was attacked by Imperium from behind. This then led to Jensen and Woods coming back in to make the save and chasing off the heels. They helped MSK to their feet as the show went off the air. And that was just a show. Nothing special whatsoever. It was just a show. But with that, now you know what I thought. Let's see what you guys thought of tonight's NXT. Remember, you can put your thoughts in the YouTube chat with a super chat or text into 510-906-1341. Again, that number is 510-906-1341. But first, check the polls. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 75% of you thought the show was just all right. And that's what I would give it to, a just all right. The 25% of you not liking tonight's NXT. As far as the Twitter poll does go, half of you liked it. 50% liked tonight's NXT. 38% thought it was just all right. And 11% did not like it. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 67% of you liked tonight's NXT. 21% didn't. No, 21% thought it was just all right. And 13% did not like the show. But with that, let's see if we got any text messages. We have a couple of them. This person says, do you see Braun Breaker winning the NXT Championship at Halloween Havoc? This is a tough one. I don't. But I wouldn't be shocked if that's the route they go. I don't see the title changing. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did change the belt. Um, Warm Hedgehog says, wait, did Raquel just dating Braun? They've been dating. Raquel Gonzalez has been dating Braun for like a year and a half. Those two have been together for a very long time. Raquel Gonzalez and Adam Shear, former Braun Strowman. Two have been dating for a while. I don't know where you've been, bucko. says, do you think we're going to see six-woman match championship versus challengers? And also, who should challenge for the Raw Women's Championship? Well, we can't say who's going to challenge for main roster titles till after Crown Jewel and the the everything is leveled out with the draft. But yes, I do think we're going to get a six-woman tag team match with the champions versus Toxic Attraction. Um, this person says, "Where you think the where you think Dakota Kai? Where I think Dakota Kai? What form an actual sentence, bud?" Here's another one. Do you see Dakota Kai returning to NXT to help out Raquel Gonzalez against Toxic Attraction, or does she go to the main roster? I was always under the impression she's going to the main roster, but then she wasn't drafted nor listed as, you know, part of the supplemental draft. So I have no clue what they're doing with Dakota Kai, and I don't think she knows either because she put out that tweet. Like, Bailey said, well, free agent Bailey, and then she basically said, yeah, I'm a free agent too. <coughs> basically saying that she was under the impression she was going to get drafted and didn't. And this one says, if I didn't know who Rick Steiner is, I would have thought Braun Breaker was Scott Steiner's son. Yeah, because he talks more like Scott than Rick. Like when he talks, he sounds just like Scott. But he's Rick's son. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and Twitter.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember to also follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Pro Wrestling ULTD, and follow us on Instagram by searching for Pro Wrestling Unlimited.
Also, guys, remember, we will be back live tomorrow for AEW Dynamite. Got a number of things set for that show. So with that, we'll see you tomorrow for AEW. Have a good one.